This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 260. So in today's episode, I want to talk about exit data and what it means to your photography. Have you ever heard the word and wondered, what the heck is it? If so, you're not alone, as most new photographers have no idea what exit data is or what it has to do with their photography. And I get frequent emails asking about this from, from photography students. So EXIF stands for Exchangeable Image File Format. However, most photographers and camera companies spell it out with all caps as E-X-I-F. But in reality, it is just like any other word with only the E being capitalized. So what the heck is EXIF data? Well, to put it simply, it is the text data that gets embedded into your photos, whether you're using a real camera like a DSLR or mirrorless, or if you're using your smartphone camera. To be more specific, it is not data that shows up in your actual images, but it's embedded and can be read by your photo editing software and some photography websites such as 500pix.com. The EXIF data records your camera make and model, the camera serial number, the focal length used in your images, the ISO, aperture, shutter speed, and even GPS location data if your camera or smartphone has that capability. Now, it can also store your personal information. If you program it into the camera using the manufacturer's software, you can add your name, copyright info, as well as the photo resolution and other parameters. And in the case of Canon cameras, the utility you would use to add your copyright information is called the EOS utility. Now, remember what I mentioned a moment ago. You have to use either an EXIF reader software program or your photo editor, such as Lightroom, Photoshop, Capture One, and there's many others that can actually view this data. Now, in the show notes, you can find a screenshot from my own Mac with the Capture One Pro 22 and see the EXIF data on the left-hand side. Now, Capture One doesn't show it as an overlay on each image like Lightroom does, but you're still able to view the data. Now, it doesn't matter whether you shoot RAW or JPEG. Your camera will always write this data to your images. Now, you're probably wondering why you should care about all this data that is baked into your images. But you will find you can actually use this data to improve your photography. One of the other pieces of data it stores is whether or not you used a flash with your camera. So it is very, fairly detailed. Now let's get back to what I started, when I started photography, I should say, in the film days. If you wanted all of this data, you had to remember to write it down in a notebook when you were out on a photo shoot. But today, having all this data stored electronically in your image files can be extremely helpful. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a second. 
Now, on a modern DSLR or mirrorless camera, you can view this data for each shot using the rear LCD on the camera, or in the case of a mirrorless, you can also view the data in the EVF or electronic viewfinder. Once you're done shooting, you can view this data on your computer using any of the editing software I mentioned earlier. And there are also a number of XIF applications. Two of them that I use are called XIF Tools and XIF Editor. And they both do pretty much the same thing. Now, I use those on my Mac system, but there are apps for Windows as well. And I think the two tools that I use actually do offer a Windows version. And you'll see a screenshot of that in the show notes of the Exit Tools app that I use. There's a screenshot in there of that. Now, if you're using Adobe Lightroom, you can view this data many ways. But the most common is in the library module. And the XF data will be displayed as a text overlay on your selected image. You can additionally customize what data is displayed in the overlay by using Control-J on a Windows machine or Command-J on a Mac. And that'll bring up the library view options and allow you to customize what data you want to view in the overlay. There are a few good reasons why you should read and understand your EXIF data when shooting. And the first is by having all of that data attached to every single image can be a very useful learning tool. Using a simple glance at the EXIF data, you can find out why your image is blurry. Maybe you used the wrong shutter speed. Now, remember from past episodes, I told you it's always best to use a shutter speed that is at least double the focal length of your lens especially if you don't have in-body image stabilization on your camera. The background's out of focus? Check your aperture settings and adjust accordingly, or if your image is too dark, look at what ISO settings you are using and adjust accordingly. If you check your EXIF data for every image you capture, you'll quickly learn how to be more technically proficient with your camera. But it doesn't end there because you can use your EXIF data to learn to be more creative with your composition as you shoot. Then when you're editing your photos, if you mark as favorites your best images, you can later go back in Lightroom or Capture One and view your best 10 shots, 100 shots, or even 1,000 shots to see how they compare by their EXIF data. Now, by keeping an eye on all of this data, you may find that all of your best images were taken with a certain lens or at a certain focal length if you're using a zoom lens. You can see what aperture and shutter speed has given you your most consistently great images and learn by studying that data. You can also learn what focal lengths you've been avoiding that you actually have lenses to cover. And the next time you feel like you're in a creative rut, go out and practice with those additional focal lengths to keep your shooting fun and fresh. Now, I'm going to take a break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. 
and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now, back to the show. In addition to all of the things I've already mentioned about exit data, another wonderful thing you can use it for is keeping track of your travels. If your camera is one of the many models on the market today with built-in GPS, then you can actually map all the places you've gone with your camera. This can make it easier to assemble a great photo story and allow you to sort your images by their location data. Finally, one of the most useful features of having EXIF data is you can store your copyright information, as I mentioned earlier, and embed it in all of your images, which will help if you find someone violating your copyright, whether it's on social media or someone steals your images to use on their own website, which has actually happened to me a couple of times. I just found out uh, when I was working on the show notes for this episode that um, I had a new violator of one of my images. Now, years ago, back in 2014, I uh, got a beautiful shot of a lion, and it was bought by Nat Geo to use as the cover of their Big Cats textbook. Now, I did a Google image search one day and found a Russian site using the same image on their website without my permission, and successfully got them to take it down. And then, as I was working on the notes for this episode, I found another website violating my copyright with the exact same lion photograph. And I reached out to them, but they seemed to be avoiding me. But getting back to the copyright data, by having that info in your EXIF data on all your images, you can reduce the number of copyright violations. If someone tries to print your image without your permission, a reputable lab might call you to verify that the user has permission as their computers will show your EXIF copyright information. Now, you may be wondering, how can you remove the EXIF data? Some of you are wondering this, I'm sure, because maybe you want to post your images online, but you don't want people seeing the GPS data or maybe facial recognition data from your images for privacy reasons. Well, as you export your images from Lightroom or Capture One or most any other application, you can have the software strip some or all of the EXIF data as it exports. It's generally recommended if you do strip some of the EXIF data out, make sure you leave in your copyright data. If you strip the XF data out and need to add some of the data back into the images, you can either use XF tools or XF editor that I mentioned earlier to manually put the data back in, or you can just re-export with the data included. So what happens if you just got a new camera and you import your images, but not all of the XF data is showing up? Well, maybe there are some dashes instead of the lens information. Don't panic. That might simply mean that your lens is too new to have proper data in Lightroom or Capture One. But don't worry about it, as the software makers over time release updates to include new camera bodies and lenses. So, now that you know more about EXIF data, and that it's not just for nerds like myself, hopefully you can go forth better equipped to improve your photography and also keep your images protected with your copyright data. If you're not sure how to add your copyright data to your camera, you can do a web search and find out how. 
Often you can do it manually using your camera's menu system, but that's very slow and painstaking, so I don't recommend that. It's generally quicker and easier to use the camera's utility software that came with your camera, such as EOS Utility for Canon cameras that I mentioned earlier. But I believe all of the manufacturers offer that ability. Uh, I know Nikon does. I'm fairly sure Fuji does because I know I have my copyright information on all my Fujifilm cameras, and I'm quite certain Sony does as well. So I would recommend doing it that way. And again, if you're not sure how, do a simple web search. You should be able to find a blog post about how to do it on, on your camera. Uh, generally, it doesn't change from camera body to camera body. Um, there's just little subtle differences as far as how each camera manufacturer accesses and edits that data. So it'll be different as far as the software. But it doesn't matter if you have a Canon T3i or a Canon 6D or the R6 or the R5. They're all going to, you're going to edit them all the same way with the same application. And the same for Fuji and all the others. So you shouldn't have too much trouble with that. Again, you can do it manually in the menu system, but it's usually quite tedious and a slow process because you have to mess around with trying to type the letters, you know, spell out stuff using the touch screen or whatever the case may be, or you might have to scroll using the D-pad and stuff like that. It's just a lot of hassle. So I highly recommend using your camera maker's software utility that's actually designed to do that. All right, that is going to be it for this discussion on EXIF data and what it means to your photography. Remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 260 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media and elsewhere. And be sure you hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And especially check out my most recent videos on the new GoPro suction cup mount. That thing is a marvel. And it's going to be very handy for some of my ongoing projects. All right, that wraps this one up. I will see you all again on Sunday. <laughs>